Hello, it's Basha, and I'm here to tell you about a brand new podcast that we've launched at Tortoise, the newsroom behind the slow newscast and lots of other shows. It's called The News Meeting, but think of it maybe more like gladiators for news. Each week, three journalists pitch one story that they think mattered most that week. And at the end, our boss, Tortoise's editor-in-chief, James Harding, decides which one he'd lead the news with, what should come next, and in what order. It's an argument that happens every day in newsrooms around the world, but it usually happens behind closed doors. And so in this show, we're throwing those doors open so that you can hear the argument for yourself and get to grips with three really important stories from the past week. So when I say that it's like gladiators, that is slightly overselling it. It's a very polite non-physical version and it comes out every Friday so here's a taste of the most recent episode when James was joined by Keith Blackmore formerly of the Times and the BBC, Kat Nealon our political editor and the host of Sweet Bobby Alexi Mostras. Alexi why didn't you go first? Uh, So this week I've chosen Harry, Prince Harry and his book Spare and uh, I know it may seem like a ridiculous choice because the book has been out for a couple of days. We've had kind of wall-to-wall coverage. I think uh, we've all kind of got totally fed up with hearing about his frostbitten penis, about his relationship with his brother uh, and uh, his drug-taking. All, all of it has been laid out on the table. And in, in, in a sense, that's done. It's not really a story. But I think that's a mistake because if you look at the Harry book, not as a story in itself, but as the start of something, then I think it becomes really interesting. And the start of what? I think it could be the start of a series of events that ends up with some major repercussions for two institutions, the British press and the monarchy itself, and specifically the Commonwealth. So if we start off with the the press. Let's do that. what we learn explicitly in the book is is that Harry has said it's his life mission to take down the British tabloid press, and in particular the Sun and the Mirror and the the Daily Mail. And um, Does he use those those words. His life mission. He says it's his life. Yes, he says he, he wants said it to Brad- be his life work. I think he said, didn't he? He said this was personal, and then in the Bradby interview, he used that phrase: "It's my life's work." And you can imagine, like, you know, you can look back at the historical context and you can see it as understandable, but you could dismiss it all as kind of arrogant bravado, except for the fact that he is part of a court case that's currently going through the UK courts that next this year could come to fruition. It's a case against the Daily Mail. uh, And some of the allegations that are in that court case go much further than phone hacking, much further than what's been alleged uh, before they include the allegation that listening devices were placed in the homes of of celebrities and and royals uh, in the cars that private eyes were employed to listen to live conversations in other words significantly worse than phone hacking and we don't we, it's all at quite an early stage but if it does come to fruition and there is a public court case on these matters harry will be at the center of it and his claim in the book or his objective, as outlined in the book, it suddenly becomes potentially quite real. Uh, the, the beginning of a year's worth of legal action, of which the Daily Mail case is just one, right? How, how many cases are the Sussexes engaged in when it comes to Fleet Street? 
There are a number. There are so the the male is an interesting one because the allegations go much further than anything else. But he's also involved in a whole bunch of other phone hacking related cases against the Mirror and other newspapers. So Harry and the press will be a massive theme in 2023 that we should be pursuing. I think. And the question is, I think it's really interesting, Alexi, because I suppose I, like lots of people, A, had a whole bunch of opinions about this before I'd read anything or seen anything. And then the question is whether or not what we're reading in the papers about the book and about the interviews is a fair representation, good and bad, of him and the case that he's making. And if you were to put aside, as you say, beards and losing your virginity in a field, What's the what's the argument that he's fundamentally making about the British press, particularly the tabloids? I mean, I think that the that there are these kind of distinct allegations that are being made in court about hacking and about listening devices uh, and about private eyes, and those apply not only to him but to other celebrities. They go to how newspapers were be- were behaving at that time in relation to his own story. He has specific allegations that for years his 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 life has been put through the blender, as he says, that every single kind of seminal event has been distorted for the commercial success of a newspaper. Let's come to the Commonwealth question in a minute because I haven't thought about that at all. But let's just pause on the press issue. You know, Keith and I both worked, as I said, at The Times, which was owned by Rupert Murdoch or is owned by Rupert Murdoch. Keith, what do you make of Harry and the case against Fleet Street? Well... All I can say is I hope his case is, you know, more consistently in, uh, made and factually based than than the book seems to be. Um, and you know, he he doesn't seem to me to have a very clear grasp of the things he's saying. I kept whenever in, in almost the most important thing I think about the Harry's revelations this week is he keeps talking about invasions of his privacy, but he his book. It, it itself invades everybody else's privacy. His brothers, his his fathers. He, 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 he. There's no sensible, consistent view that he's espousing. He's just a long first thing. So I don't. Well, but know, Keith, it, it, hang on, hang on. I'm not sure about that because I well, think that I think that we always have argued. We being people who sit in newsrooms have always argued that. Once you choose to step into the public square, once you essentially dance with the devil, whether it's the, you know, tabloids or the papers or broadcasters, you're essentially surrendering a certain degree of privacy. You've got to accept that your life is now part of the public debate, public discussion. But I think he's saying something different. He's saying, look, there's a level of that that is reasonable, that comes with being a member of the royal family. But his experience, starting obviously in that tunnel in Paris where his mother was killed, is that there has to be a line between what's reasonable and what's not, even if you're in the public square. Isn't that the case? I think I think that is the case, but I'm not sure that I've heard him make it in that way. Kat, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a really traumatised person, and I think that every everything leads back to that tunnel and he is convinced from from the interview he gave earlier this week I haven't read the book yet but from what I saw in that interview he he's clearly fixated on that to the extent that he thinks it's going to replicate itself with his wife and he drove through the tunnel or got a friend to drive him through the tunnel at the same speed as his mum to see whether he would have an accident 
or to see how that would happen. Yeah, but I feel like there was an implicit almost desire that it, there would something would go wrong. Before we go any further, does anyone or does everyone think that's the obvious lead? Certainly not. Cat. <laughs> I think oh, Alexi is pulling a fast one on us because he's actually pitched two stories. What are the two? They are Harry versus the press, which is interesting. But it's one? interesting for, to me as a journalist. Will it? Would it be what? Well, it's it's Harry and the constitutional crisis. And why not? Because I don't think it's. Very, <laughs> I think I don't think things have changed. I think our view before the death of the Queen was that sort of lightly Republican views and sooner or later Republicanism must come but who's going to advocate it well Queen Elizabeth is alive well now she isn't and sure enough it's descending into a farce and but it doesn't actually it's a, it's a pantomime it doesn't make much difference yeah, that's what I think. Keith has already smashed his Harry and Meghan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, was me, that was me. In <laughs> to subscribe and to get a new episode every Friday, just search for The News Meeting wherever you get your podcasts. And next week, I'll be trying to get my story to the top of the running order. So wish me luck.